Hello everyone, welcome to our show. My name is Jana Komarnitska and this is Pedro Bonato and uh, you are watching or listening to Artist Date, a show where we talk about artistic life and all resulting consequences of working, living, traveling, creating together. Yeah, and uh, if you're following the show for a while, you already know that, uh, well, we are in the context of the Ukrainian war. Today is the fifth, 56th, so day 56 of uh, the invasion of Ukraine. We were uh, living in Ukraine for many years before this uh, happened. We were able to leave the conflict before it started, right? So just all the signs and we, we went away, we went to Istanbul. Now we are in a small town close to Vitoria in Brazil at my parents' house. So um, it has been basically today, it's actually a month since we arrived in Brazil. And um, the context in which we're doing these shows now is to try to see how to navigate this, uh, let's say, art in war times. And uh, sort of like this will be, I guess, a little bit of the subject for a lot of the episodes, but today we have uh, uh, on a more practical, no, practical and uh, actuality, actual notes, like what you can do in terms of actions. And um, so, yeah, I guess let's uh, get started. Yeah, and I guess the timing also, because it's already basically two months of uh, war, of invasion, and uh, even people who kind of before expected that oh it's possible war uh, etc because there are a lot of talks that oh no it's just the uh, um, let's say russia tries to scare the world and ukraine nobody will actually do invasion blah 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 like all those talks but even people who thought that it's possible most of them were thinking like oh but it will be like something short term like either fail or lose like that doesn't matter but it's not gonna last for a long time and here we already say it's two months and it feels like lifelong already it's uh, the range of emotions and states that you're going through especially if you somehow related to the situation like in our case with uh, my family still being in Kiev and me being from Ukraine originally and having friends colleagues like everyone there or related to ukraine even if it's not physically there but um the range of things you're going through in these two months it's really crazy and right now it's kind of the initial shock passed but you're still sometimes in that semi not paralyzing but um stunned dragging and heavy state but at the same time, you start looking for uh, things that need to be done. It's not even how to cope or keep living. It's like, okay, what needs to be done? And right now it shows uh, uh, two aspects, two areas. First, like how you can help from practical point of view to people who do need a lot of help now because many people in Ukraine they lost businesses jobs homes lives and relatives and uh, uh, that also influenced the emotional ability so even if they physically didn't lose anything but under such pressure and that under such sorrow like 
they may lose ability to actually keep working so yeah it's basically as soon as the country is in war yeah. like no one like most jobs cannot be done even in terms of like the numbers they're coming out of uh, ukraine that they lost basically i think half of their gdp right so it's uh and uh, like of course a lot of debt and a lot of things that were supposed to be happening and how that will actually impact the world so it's very much a real um consequences for people like right now yeah but uh that's kind of like one direction of like where like you kind of start looking forward like now how you can help like even in a small like little base uh, scale but like some practical actual things and on another side it's also the crisis modes like this uh, but i hope there will be no like this in the future <laughs> anymore but like such crisis modes they also show gaps in your own activities as an artist and that's why i was thinking like so it's not like i can understand uh, a lot of things happening also in ukraine because from the point of view it's not only physical damage like people cannot work or lost the jobs or lost the money but also the emotional side how many jobs and people's businesses are also um not even possible like if you're in construction not possible, but not possible yes but i'm talking also about another side uh are based on their themselves on their ability to show up and do and sometimes right now it's not only physical opportunity but emotional opportunity that you need to actually get up and do something and i think in the especially first months or so like many people were so frozen and uh, shocked by the situation that it was impossible even to think about anything else rather than war yeah like um i think even for me that like i am like brazilian but i have i have i lived in uh, in ukraine for a while and ukraine has been on my radar or like in my activities since 2014 i would say like directly right since we started like dating and back then as i think about it uh, also when we met it was literally the time where when we got together it was literally the time when uh, russia invaded uh, crimea and uh, when they had the the like the maidan revolution and all those things that were happening in ukraine in 2014 and even back then by chance in toronto i started working with um, a group of artists there that were creating this uh, very cool like folk music opera it was uh led by the lemon bucket orchestra in uh in toronto and uh so i got basically a crash course when we started dating you were like showing me a little bit of uh, like ukrainian russian culture which back then was like a lot of similarities and a lot of uh let's say even starting with the language and some of the costumes as custom uh, customs and a lot of the um because of soviet union like the integration between uh like those cultures i felt like as a foreigner looking in of course i knew that of course there's always like some uh, animosity but it was like we're buying like we're watching russian movies doing those kinds of things and they're very much a part of the culture and then slowly but surely it started getting to that point that the the russian aggression became something that basically even now sort of like created this uh pride and um say uh, showing yeah it is different they are different countries they are different populations and now absolutely it is the case 
right? Because, uh, but anyway, the, the, for me, it was uh, like going like slowly into that culture and then suddenly having right in the beginning um, a flood of like knowing so many Ukrainians or descendants of Ukrainians or people that are for Ukrainian cause and learning a lot of it. And then this has been part of my life for so long. And then even us going from Toronto to go to Kyiv for a while and then being based there and then traveling all over Ukraine. And then so it's what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that it is a it's not like my where I was born, but it is in a way my land in a way too, because I, I lived there for so long and I had so many projects that were being developed and mainly and that's what I can relate the most with uh, Ukrainians besides the, the tragedy in a human level. It's like there's so much left undone, at least for me, that was like, oh, if this was going to happen in Kiev, this was going to happen in Odessa, this was going to happen with this set of people, this was going... It, it, we had already not only the things we've done there, but the plans we had to, to do there. And I think that people can relate in a, in a direct way, I think. It's sort of like, yeah, we are this... We're not product of the, the land in a way, but we are certainly related. So imagine your own, in your own house, in your own like, country, if suddenly you could not do any of the things that you were able to, to do. So uh, to me, it has been, the shock has been more in that sense. And then, of course, feeling through like our family there and how you were feeling directly. So, yeah, so that's sort of the context in which we are right now. But it's like the impression that the life got suddenly interrupted and wow. like not just one aspect of it, but in general, like you cannot plan or do anything that's for many people like this it's not like our previous trip to turkey actually we started artist day the day we traveled to to turkey mm -hmm. but that was the like more like work exploration travel and then last month or a month ago when we were for a month in istanbul it felt like there was no point in being in Istanbul because we literally were just in the apartment grocery and that's it like uh, and the rest of the time on the phone but uh, so for us it was milder compared to many people who are going through right now like still in Ukraine or for us it's also a little bit easier because of our lifestyle that we basically for the last like two years like every time people ask, oh, where do you live? Where is your home? Like we don't really have a sad place for home. We are kind of vagabonding, I would say. Yeah. So uh, for us, every transition to a different country, different apartment, from psychological point of view, it's a bit easier because we, we are already used to adjusting to new places. Uh, although in this case, it was very difficult reasoning. So emotional state of that was not also like, the easiest part but from practical point of view it was easier for us to adjust yeah. and i kept thinking about so many people who had to leave homes suddenly under the pressure of already having bombs on their heads and without understanding and without any experience of doing this like suddenly changing completely to a new place with just like one or two suitcase if lucky you at all lucky, yeah. yeah yeah and also like stuff. a lot of people that uh, from ukraine that you know that they didn't speak english or or like other languages in general and then they basically were forced to 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 leave the country and those are in a way the lucky ones the ones that are actually able to go and it's like the people that the numbers are like incredible like it's uh, more than like five million uh, refugees people living in ukraine that's more than 
that more than 10% of the population already like yeah. left and mainly women and children which is the future of the country right uh, we have a lot of people coming back uh, too um, in a way but and also the people displaced inside the country because if you can't be on your apartment you have to go in the basement you have to go on this farm you have to find a way or in the, like bomb shelters like we have like in Kiev even today it's sort of unfathomable and uh, it's the first word that we're seeing basically through stories of our friends and then you can clearly see the difference between whatever is on let's say on the regular legacy media what is on social media and then depending on which <laughs> on which app you use you'll get a different view of that and then when you get like the intelligram channels basically which are not censored and you can have like a direct um uh like view of what's going on uh it's uh, horrifying and then uh, you always see that in the media in general the legacy media you have a sanitized version of um, of war so you don't see like, bodies on the streets and all those things but um so it has been in a way like of course we are lucky to be able to like, have chosen i guess this lifestyle that we are not bound to a place and at the same time for at least for me but i know for us it is uh, before and after in terms of the the war we had the hope i think you more than i did that oh it will end soon it will stop or when or like whatever configuration happened right that it was like a temporary thing and it seems that it's going to extend for a while it's already like two months and eight years depending on how you count right since the invasion of uh, crimea and um the donbass region like 2014 so it's been happening for a long time but now it is a countrywide um like impact directly on on people and now it's this there is before and there's after and now what we are trying to figure out is what is life after the war is it something like okay the war is over let's get back to okay let's help people out and um, have this let's say charity mindset uh, not like for ukraine and other causes throughout our lives or is it um something that changed fundamentally in the way that we do things well another also let's say lucky aspect for us that for us we already established long time ago that our work travels with us we work remotely like on our online business and it's not directly related to like the times let's say okay for the last like i would say a few weeks i personally start narrowing my focus of like okay we can try of course to help like everyone but there are more practical and useful things that we can do if we narrow focus to some like smaller but actual like group of people and for me personally it was definitely the community of belly dancers because i am a belly dancer i started learning belly dance in ukraine although i developed career in other in other country but still started there have a lot of friends people who i know or even if i don't know them in person i have some relationship some contacts through and uh seeing the thing that how for instance community of belly dancers in ukraine was functioning that typically it's all about physical studios like online classes during uh, lockdowns of course it was substitute but it's nothing compared to other countries like us or even europe like the 
uh, widespreadness and willingness of people to actually be in the online classes, they still really like grab into this like physical, um, physical classes, coming to studios, performing at competitions, festivals. It's all about physical preparation for performance. It's not like a self-development or a hobby, just for your own entertainment. It's really like Lifestyle. really importance of having physical student classes and during war basically all of them except couple of districts in ukraine that were so far like more or less calm and can could uh, they could continue working but most part like 80 percent of ukraine and the 80 percent of students all over ukraine they had to shut down at least for some time and uh, now it's uh, some resumed with a limited group of people, at least those students who have like who are in the basements already or who have easy access to some like shelters, they uh, got permission because many many dancers also rent studios, and uh, many of them rent at buildings that are uh, let's say um, run by like city governments, let's say. So they rent studios. So they need kind of have a permission of building owner to bring a group of people if it's one-on-one -on -one class okay it's like okay two people it's your private you rent the studio and you do it but for group classes it's still very complicated but many students still cannot open they cannot get those permissions or the buildings were damaged or it's still a lot of air sirens in the city or some students were literally robbed while they're being closed we have uh, a few examples. Yeah. We have a few examples of people who had completely destroyed and they had to leave the city, and uh, including Mariupol and other cities that they left without basically with nothing. Uh, not apartments, not belongings, not anything that was in the studio. Everything is destroyed. And some people who, in theory, have their studios but had their studios been robbed. So all equipment, uh, players, speakers, uh, like yeah. other things, they were like done so now it's for ukrainian dancers ballet dancers it's a struggle that they cannot resume uh physical classes at a full potential and online classes for most of them are still limited to not even russian-speaking audience because they don't have russian students anymore it's only to their regular ukrainian students who are at financial yeah. possibility to pay and also another aspect in ukraine it's a lot of children coming to ballet dance classes so it's their parents have a opportunity need to have opportunity to pay for classes for their kids which right now it's another struggle because many parents also have limited job possibilities or lost their jobs or like on a let's say forced not vacations even i, I cannot use this word for now right now but they they're not working they're not really having income so uh, it's basically whoever willing to pay and can afford to pay for classes and have physical opportunity to somewhere like have an internet, have a place to practice uh, uh, and a teacher the same, like have opportunity because I was talking to some teachers, there's like, oh, I cannot resume online classes in my city because the air sirens, their air alerts, they're so constant that I don't know if I'm, even if I will have an hour of calm time to teach that class. So uh, now it's also the question of like, even using that limited ability of teaching, but also expanding the audience of whom teaching. And that's the question of like language, for instance, comes from because many dances like, 
Okay, now at least at least uh, this war for forced finally PayPal to expand its uh, activity for Ukraine. So now PayPal is available for physical like um, individuals to use in Ukraine and accept some uh, transfers from abroad. So the payment question at least is solved, but the question of technically how to teach, how to speak in English, because it's one thing to speak basic English like in, like, I don't know, touristic conversation or in general, but it's another thing to actually teach a class, which is not that easy and straightforward. Yeah, and then that's one of the things that uh, we recorded a couple days ago, I guess, that uh, you recorded a class for uh, Ukrainian teachers, it's taught in Ukrainian, and then uh, you were basically explaining a lot of the dance terminology that uh, is necessary to teach uh, dance in English. So in a way, it's, uh, it's of course, free. It's on YouTube. We'll put a link. Uh, but if you just search like Onyana's uh, channel, you will see this, uh, this class. And um, yeah, it has basically been this uh, like force for people to actually like go and try to to find different ways of uh, having a living. And then I think for the for the dance community too, there are these two conflicting things that I saw like in you and basically all my you know hundreds of dance friends. Uh, that how can I dance when there is this war going on? How can I focus on this thing that is supposed to be cheerful and the the soul searching like thing that is um I talked about this in a couple episodes ago, but just this idea that I think it's much easier to think oh I'm gonna do a sad violin song rather than I'm gonna dance like especially in belly dance, even though there is a lot of emotion that is in sadness, but it's always rooted in in an uplifting spirit, at least is how I see it. And um, and in any case, it's something that people do for fun and for uh, for a certain kind of transcendence that usually has not been related to war. And then now they're folk, they're trying to to do that. So there is this let's say soul element of it. And then there is also the practical element of it. Are you going to become a plumber? Are you going to become a driver? Are you going to become something else? Are you going to change your profession? Um, or are you going to try to reimagine your uh, life in the context of war and that's one of the things that i've seen in ukraine happening uh, i'll comment about one girl um uh, almost she's 12 or 13 sofia mm-hmm. like so cute and um, i remember teaching her in kiev and uh, as soon as we arrived we were invited by one of the great dancers from ukraine yulia farid to give a workshop there and i remember you had like this group of dance students from all over the world and it was you and me giving a class on rhythms and it was very cute to see that the as Yana mentioned a lot of kids start belly dance really early like it's um, and they they have the competitions and they put their dresses it's sort of like dresses like a princess kind of a thing but with the superpowers that come with dance and I remember that some when I was going to more difficult rhythms um, in the in in the in the drum for our Arabic music, sometimes the older dancers they were like not really like adult dancers. They were not um, identifying the rhythms, and there were these two girls, these two Korean girls, like ten I guess back then, and they were like they listened, they thought, oh, okay, okay, this am I? Oh, this is this. So, so they they really knew. I thought I actually have to make an advanced class for the kids. <laughs> And then since then, I've been following like these, uh, this, uh, 
like these girls that do like belly dance and then this one Sophia she specifically did imagine like a 12 13 year old girl and then she decided to create uh, like charity classes so people she would go on uh, Instagram live and then people would give uh, like some money and then she would give to to children and to to help people in Ukraine so in a way it's very inspiring and beautiful and even that I'm sure it actually inspired me in a lot of things that I was doing so I was being inspired by like a child in Ukraine and also in my mindset because I kept thinking like it would be the first generation these people that are like 10 12 years old that were not directly or even their parents were not directly impacted by war and then suddenly now yeah. this uh, thing so um, it, it and then my the image I had in my mind was these kids and they had this girl specifically in my mind because it's like imagine you waking up with sirens and with bombs and uh, maybe your father there's another dancer that I know she's probably 12 13 too and her father uh, signed up to for the um, for the civil defense so basically he's not he specifically is not in the army but they have this network of civilians that basically go and they help and protect the country because there is a lot of uh, let's uh, say spies or collaborators of Russian army that tries to get in the city so there is a lot of civil defense in each city trying to monitor and uh, find identify those people who are basically helping Russian army yeah. from inside and that's a lot of uh, part of work is done by actual civilians yeah and we know city. I know personally many musicians many like friends that are part of that and so just to sum up this idea that uh, like we have this network of friends and people that we know that uh, just wait, wait. So people actually have to deal with that. Oh, we have to start again. So in terms of the impact, you have to deal with this reality that maybe your dad has to go and defend. Maybe sometimes even a lot of women are doing that work too. And uh, so basically life there has been stopped. And in many places you've terrorized all the problems with uh, all the horrors of, uh, of war. And then in the context of this uh, community that we are part of, of like people that are into Oriental music, into belly dance, um, how their lives are impacted now. And uh, that's sort of like, it's very cool, the, the class you did for, for them. And you have a page too on your website. Yeah, that's what I was even thinking to come back. Like for, regarding children, it's basically the generation of children that had to grow up very, very quickly. And... Uh, Speaking of like dance and uh, being able to dance, or think to dance, like now these days, like, two months afterwards, many dancers are kind of considering like all coming back, like some are coming back to teaching activities, but even those who didn't have to, or uh, dancers who, for instance, uh, they are Ukrainians, but they lived outside of Ukraine, so they were not directly impacted physically. They were only impacted emotionally and by their connection to family, but many of them stopped dancing and now they're kind of like, I see more and more like messages or posts or just in conversations with each other 
um, like start thinking like, oh, we need to kind of sort of come back to teach and to classes, to dance for our, like training ourselves, etc. And uh, uh, many of them, it was interesting to see because I had this idea before I even talked to anyone or before I saw any uh, other messages, but I kind of see glimpse of like little hints of the same idea by other dancers that uh, there is little urge now to kind of try to dance to Ukrainian songs, mm -hmm. to be, like belly dancing, but it's not about like belly dance as like traditional art, it's like using your movement vocabulary and your craft to still somehow be connected to the situation. Because obviously belly dancing mm. and Ukrainian songs have nothing to do with each other, but uh, in terms of art, art creation, it's kind of like, I had a couple of songs in my mind, I was thinking like, oh, mm. probably the next, let's say, choreography is created at some point, they probably will be uh, to some of those songs. And I see, like, I saw a couple other dance independently, completely, like, had the same kind of ideas, like, oh, the art to dance to Ukrainian songs now. Uh, so that's one of the tendencies that is happening and probably will come up uh, soon uh, in the world. But another uh, thought that I had realization during this, uh, like, last week or so, I kind of renewed my training, like nothing at the scale as it was before, but still, but I felt like for me, the way in back into like dance thinking, uh, as well as bringing a little bit of dance content to my feed, because for the last, for the first months entirely, like my Instagram uh, stories were completely only about war, talking, sharing news, etc. There's nothing related to dance. And I felt that uh, psychologically, it just naturally happened like this, that for me the way back into bringing a little bit of dance content was through basically trying to help others. Mm -hmm. Because I started by sharing and advertising are the Ukrainian dancers and that helped me a little bit to ease my own like I don't know tension or grip like okay you can dedicate one two hours a few times per like uh, in a few days like to your own like you know physical training or anything like that but it was first came from the uh, again this necessity that oh someone completely lost any like jobs any hopes even for people who lost physically their studios, all their belongings, and trying to navigate life from zero, from scratch. And it was that idea that we talked earlier, I think in one of the episodes, that we all can also help on the basic level directly to people. Like, uh, okay, it's not about donations, it's not about even talking about war, spread and things, but physically, actively what you can do and benefit from it, for instance, is uh, uh, supporting Ukrainian business, supporting Ukrainian artists, taking their classes, studying with them, something you will find valuable for yourself, but at the same time you are right now maybe choosing to study someone from, let's say, Ukraine, who needs, really needs uh, help and work, or by uh, purchasing something from Ukraine, because miraculously Ukrainian International Post is still working, they can send things, it may take a little bit longer, but it's still possible, and now with PayPal you can even pay like individuals uh, way easier, just transferring money via PayPal. So uh, for me it was through that channel, and then I start gathering 
all information on uh, website page, um, which is what you mentioned. I even added literally yesterday a Sophia there also to support. Mm. So for those who want to find dancers with whom you can study and dancers who also you can support is their attempts to support their families and to get the funds for different donation reasons. You can find on uh, my uh, web page, will be links in the show notes, but it's yanadance.com slash support dash Ukraine. There are donation links, which I also update. So if you want to support some charities and I also yesterday added a bunch Ukrainian charities on the ground which you can support with uh, credit card or PayPal donations or crypto. So before, in the beginning, it was very difficult because inside Ukraine, we have our own, let's say, payment system, which is very easy to transfer money, but it's not available for international uh, donations. So it was very limited number of, uh, not limited number in general, but limited number of knowing organizations that everyone kind of knew. And if someone asks you like, oh, where to donate to Ukraine? I was like, I don't know how to do it from international, from abroad. Now it's way more, uh, not that they got created, it's just they got discovered. So whenever mm -hmm. I see something that really is working or people sending me like, oh, I know personally, like I saw this organization functioning, like doing the work, I try to add on one page and they're for different causes from sponsoring, helping army with equipment uh, or medical supplies specifically for army to help soldiers survive and defend, to helping civilians, to helping uh, pets, homeless pets, children to specifically. children, women, some are in specific cities, like there is an organization in Kyiv, the youth one that uh, they gather and bring food and essentials to elderly people who left uh, like alone without any means. So there is in Kyiv, there is a Mariupol organization who helps, uh, let's say, refugees from Mariupol. So people who managed to escape, survive and escape the city, they help uh, specifically people like with being relocated to other cities. Uh, there are some uh, organizations like in Odessa very actively doing so. Uh, but also on the same page, I start adding uh, literally profiles of dancers and their links to the Instagrams and doing a little bit information about them. Some a little bit more general, some a little bit more specific. And those dancers you can literally support by taking their classes and courses and uh, taking their designs because some people don't uh, have uh, physical like online classes right now, but they have some designs you can purchase. Designs you mean uh, costumes and uh, costumes, trainings, and, uh, yeah, like no, just little to explain things. What you mean by design. uh, yeah, designs like physical crafty things uh, that yeah. they create and do for dancers. So it's some value for you and. Um, I even start like uh, putting on social media, like find your Ukrainian teacher. That's the easy and I think pleasurable way of supporting also. And uh, also spreading the word about your classes. Like, okay, you don't need really to talk even about war, which I still think it's very valuable to spread the word because- The war is not over. The, yeah, the war is far not over. And uh, even if you are very familiar and know and understand what the situation, there are many people who I literally a few last days received a, a message from a girl like, oh, what is the Z? There was a meme that oh, 2000, like uh, 20 uh. was like the little symbol of virus. 2021, a little symbol of like the injection, like the vaccine. vaccination was like, yeah. and then 2022, there is a meme like with, instead of two is the letter Z, like the war, the symbol that Russia 
Russian Civil army, Russian army do, uh, uses the Zs, like the Nazis, like almost like the new swastika, yeah. basically, what they use it. And then a few days ago, the girl asked, oh, but what is Z? What is Z for? I was like, really? Like, even people who follow me, follow all my stories, all me for two months uh, talking about the war and all those photos, pictures, explanations, and she's still like, oh, what is Z? So there are a lot of people who are not aware or who think that it's not really that terrible because on social media, as you yeah. mentioned, on mass media, it's very filtered what is really uh, yeah. shown and posted. To be fair, it is a, a war that basically all the West, basically I would say 140 something countries in the world are against. So it's way better than other tragedies that yes. uh, happened before, but it's still very much a sanitized version of what's actually really going on there. So spreading the word is still very, very important and sharing information. Uh, but if you don't want to do only that, you can support little Ukrainian artists just by talking about their classes. You took some course, you took class, share a review, just do a dance post, which just dance post. You don't even need to mention it's Ukrainian teacher. Just talk, oh, I studied with this teacher. I like this or that, or let's say I learned something new. And even in this way, you already also help me because some of your friends or someone on social media may see your post, may get interested, and it's additional student for that teacher. Yeah. Which right now, it's very, very important. Yeah, it's this idea of like network effects and also of, uh, in a way, bringing Ukraine. I think that's what will be the sustained version of this from an art point of view. I just thought about it, but uh, as you were saying, like how. Ukrainian, I noticed that too, how Ukrainian dancers started dancing songs that are in Ukrainian and, uh, and famous songs from there, at least from that culture. And what I was thinking is like how much, yeah, now like that dance that you are, let's say it is rooted in another place, sometimes in, in the Middle East, in Egypt, and then the music that you use is from there. And you're trying to connect to that thing. And now you have that opportunity to dance through a non-translated language. It's like you're dancing your own dance because that's sort of like even the difference when you have like an Egyptian dancer that knows the lyrics in intimately, not from knowing the language, mm -hmm. but knowing the culture, knowing what it means. And they, in a way, there is always a translation going on when you are from somewhere else. You are trying, oh, let me see the lyrics. Let me see what it means. Let me get deep into it so I can interpret as a dancer, let's say. And then now you have Oh, now I can relate deeply to the feeling in trying to like dance what I'm feeling directly in my own language. And in a way, that's what, in a beautiful way, it's what spreads the, the, the information about the, the place. And in a way, I think, I haven't thought about it that way, but to make um, like Ukrainian businesses and Ukrainian uh, individuals, so Jan was talking about getting all this, this page with like not only charity, but like, well, let's know why I'm a dancer. Let me help my own community and have all these Ukrainian dancers. But it's not even about helping. It's the opportunity of discovery of that culture because Ukraine has so many of the top dancers in the world or from there. And then uh, now people can have a connection. So in a way, it's this, my hope, at least with this thing, is that there's this brotherly, sisterly um, bind, bound. Uh, bound that gets to uh, to start so you go and you get to know a dancer and maybe because of the war in Ukraine maybe because she's Ukrainian maybe because of the dance but then it becomes part of your let's say extended family like you have a lot of connections for example even in Canada a lot of connections with the US and with Western Europe and now how Western Europe is very much integrated in a lot of ways and Ukraine is trying to be brought 
into that fold and also even for us that consider like the Middle East as part of our let's say soul um, and we, we explore that now people have a chance to learn just like I did many many years ago to start exploring the culture of Ukraine and make it in a small way part of your own uh, culture it may have started because of the war but hopefully it will continue because of this uh, brotherly sisterly love between cultures and I think that's where the importance of creation of art will come from from the continuing trade of ideas and the, the mixing of cultures something that we talk about so much so now it's sort of like Ukraine's turn in a way and that's a way that it becomes sustainable right? yeah but I also want to add here like to like just to be careful because at least I so much talk and we in general talk this day so much about Ukraine supporting Ukrainian dances Ukrainian like culture learning from Ukrainian artists etc but it's not about putting anyone superior above anyone else of not. it's not about culture because I see a lot of sometimes tendencies in like my activities because I do a lot of different Middle Eastern dances including folklore and then you oppose some folklore dance and I always receive my comments like oh the f like my culture is so beautiful that even foreigners are like dancing it yeah, and so pride, so, yeah. so and it's related to every country like uh, and there is a lot of this um praising like culture putting like oh this is better than other or like uh, it's like right now it's really not about that right now we're talking so much about ukraine just because this is pressing cause for like need of support and put it more about exchange and mixing cultures and learning from each other uh, and uh, in this case belly dance i think it's also another like beautiful like example because we are talking about ukrainian belly dancers it's by definition people who chose to learn from some other culture obviously they also brought something from themselves and ukraine we talk about belly dance mentalities in different countries and there is even a term like ukrainian belly dancers that are known for technicality and competitions basically uh and this is that what they can deliver and they what can they what they can offer but it's the same people who also keep learning keep learning from other dancers and keep enriching and there is something that they are better at and there are some elements that some other like let's say countries even or like uh, people will be better at that will be teaching so right now it's more like even when i use the phrase or find uh, your ukrainian teacher it's literally the idea is about supporting it's not like oh ukrainian belly dancers like they're superior to anyone else like i don't want anyone to get that impression no, because I it's really not about that it's more about reaching out uh in terms of support and at the same time there is definitely everyone that they can learn from some of the ukrainian dances and you can find your whoever speaks more to you and whoever can deliver the best value to you in your own needs of your love or passion or um, craft of of dance yeah, yeah so uh, the other thing that uh, i would just briefly mention because we haven't like figured out exactly how we're going to do but uh, for we haven't done an ad in uh, a long time it's, it seems like but we have the Yana Dance Club where we have like dance uh, content, dance classes with uh, Yana and sometimes myself. And um, 
we are thinking of where to take uh, certain things on the club so that we can actually give uh, support, even more directly support for uh, for Ukrainian for Ukrainian uh, dancers and Ukrainian students, and uh, to in a more sustainable way. So that's coming uh, very soon. Um, right now, the work we develop there is indirectly. Uh, like helping our efforts like uh, I was very happy with uh, certain things that are happening in Brazil like uh, as I mentioned we are like in the uh, north of Rio here it's like in a small town seeing the ocean it's one of those weird things that is very calm uh, here in terms of life and um, at the same time we are dealing all day long with uh, trying to develop things for supporting uh, people in Ukraine so there's that weird dichotomy um, that we have and uh, it's like if you look if I look literally that way I know that's where Ukraine is and that's where I know that whenever I walk around I know that that's the direction where all these bombs are falling all these terrible things are going on in the world and here is palm trees and coconut water it's um, not a very not a very good feeling but um, anyway like what I was meant to say is that the work with the Yanagan Club is basically helping us have some breathing room to actually develop things to help. One of the things Yan was doing is this um, a page with Ukrainian dancers. One thing that I was, uh, that I am doing, and um, I guess we can talk about the book now, like um, also because it is also in the, let's say, dance realm. And um, to me, it's an idea that I had for a long time of making a book with my belly dance photography. Uh, however, before it was sort of like this, um, um, okay, maybe one day I'll do it. It was like this, all the regular self-doubts that artists have. And then uh, at some point on the, after a month of the, of the war, I thought, you know what, maybe I should do this book or maybe an NFT um, that uh, would create a book and then all the profits before, after like printing, shipping, all that stuff, like all the profits would go to help um, people in Ukraine. So I had this idea. And then it was one of those things, we even talked about this in the in previous episodes, this idea that it's sort of like this dragon that caught you, like with your pants down, so to speak. But then it's sort of like you, now you have to confront all your inadequacies, all the things that you haven't done correctly, but then, okay, so now we are at war. Are you going to finally start doing something of good and at the same time for me it was one of those of course i'll try to do something i just have to see what's best or and then at some point they say okay this is also a form of procrastination right or at least the form of you judging yourself as an artist oh i'm not good enough for this oh there are so many other causes that people could be uh helping who am i to do this or who am i to do that and i said well let's that's the best thing we can do is let the market of ideas decide what's the value of that thing and one of the things that I wrote many, and I think I mentioned in previous episodes, is that you never know, especially in terrible times like this, you never know uh, what thing that you are holding on to that is exactly what other person needs. And then I thought, okay, I have never done a photography book, for example, so I started developing that and then seeing all my photos. And then I said, you know what, I will do this project. I was going to release last week, but I can tell you now that it's actually ready for um shipping and finishing the last text today all the photos all the um all the design 
uh, all the logistics related to the book are already ready and then today's the uh, April 21st so April 22nd which is tomorrow the book will be available it's called ventre ventri the pronunciation in Portuguese and ventri means womb and uh, the relationship with belly dance is that belly dance in, Port in, in Portuguese is called dança do ventre means dance of the womb like that's the meaning of the of the of the, the words is how I learned first learned about belly dance was through dance the vent and then it's also this idea of the womb that is something that uh, nourishes you and protects you and uh, my small contribution was to okay let me grab the photos that I have at, at, at first I thought of uh, getting the photos of the Ukrainian dancers that I photographed and then I said you know what let me reach out to all the dancers that I like the photographs and that would like to be a part of the book. And I, I was very humbled that basically everyone that I contacted said, of course, yes, you can use my photos that you took of me uh, to, to support Ukraine. And then I thought that all the profits of this book will go to women and children in Ukraine in two different ways. One is through direct donations that I, that I will make as soon as you get the money from the book will send to these institutions that are vetted by our friends that Yana has on her website that are directly to uh, women and children in Ukraine. And I'm uh, focusing on, on that because there is a lot of work. We even helped a lot of refugees here in Brazil and helping people like in, in Europe and uh, in Canada and all these places. But I thought, no, let's, the bulk of people are in Ukraine and they're the ones that everybody needs help. But they are the ones that are really suffering. So I thought, let's see if some of my photographs, if people holding a book that they have with hopefully beautiful photographs are inspiring that were taken, I think from the 56 dancers that I have on the book, uh, we have 15 countries um, uh, represented. They were photographed in locations all over the world, including a lot in Ukraine. And then I was like trying to match and um, see which pages when Yana was helping me with that too, like, oh, which photos even from a dancer point of view, uh, would like would go together. And then I thought uh, one of the things that I saw on the on the book, maybe we'll, if you have time, I'll insert on, on the video here some images, but you can go on the website and see pedrogonato.com slash book. You can go to pedrogonato.com slash book or slash event where you will find it will be there on my on my website, uh, the book. But I, I saw, okay, you have this Ukrainian dancer doing like this pose and then it's not the same pose, but it's the same feel that another dancer in another mm. year, in another part of the world, the people that have never met each other, but they have this um, uh, goal of reaching this emotion into expressing through that art form. And I thought in that way, belly dance, this seems to be a niche thing, in a way is key to uh, one of the examples of this worldwide community that is trying to get together around beauty, around art, about, around understanding other cultures. And that's something that only going through the book, I was able to, and expressing it live here, also like, why belly dance? Oh, what does it have to do with the war? What does it have to do with Ukraine? Let's say it has everything to do with everything. Because I even said, I, I received a message from my first uh, drum teacher, the person that started uh, my journey in, uh, in Arabic music and then in Arabic dance, in belly dance, was uh, Shakir Hiki. And he's a refugee from Lebanon that came to Brazil. 
and the message, I, I will save this message in audio forever, that he said, oh my friend, like, um, I feel for you, for your wife, for your family, because when I was a boy, when I left Lebanon, uh, I remember like the bombs falling in, uh, in my city, and uh, we stand with you, and then in a way, uh, all the people that have developed throughout the millennia uh, belly dance, they are the ones that um, they felt like this uh, horrors of war much more than well in Brazil, not much like in Ukraine for a long time, especially now. And then I thought, okay, belly dance and belly dance photography is a key to this uh, to this understanding because it is people from different cultures getting together around. Uh, a culture helping that culture sometimes even um, uh, like indirectly and by learning about them it becomes part of you and you change it right you, you change that to become so that it's infused with your own culture and with your own soul sometimes we, we are too much about oh it's from this culture or that culture no but it's from Jana it's from Pedro it's from Aida it's from Yulia like, and the people that are represented in those things, they're very much apart because culture is created by individual people through time. And then the best ideas and the most beautiful ones, they basically permeate through time and become mythological. That's sort of like how I feel. And in that sense, I'm very, I had to go through this process of uh, creating the book and uh, all the things that artists go through of all who am I to do this? Or these photos are not good enough. I should have done more photos. I should have done more things. And uh, I don't have an, a big enough audience to reach or whatever. But then when you go through all those imposters, right? And then you go, no, it's here. This is what I'm offering the world. People can take it or leave it. And uh, who knows if one person gets it, we get, I don't know, a pack of food or something for um, the people that are in the ground suffering. Would that be a, is it like millions of dollars? No, but sometimes it's that five bucks that will make a difference, right? How many times have you been, people have been broke and it's like those five bucks that start a journey of uh, transformation. And um, better than, I think it's an idea that was in Carl Sagan's book, um, it's a demon haunted world that he says like, instead of cursing a darkness, let's light a candle. So at least a little candle can give a little bit of light and a little bit of life can make all the difference. So if you're interested in uh, checking out this project, uh, Ventri book, belly dance photography in support for Ukraine, you can go to my website, pedrobonato.com slash Ventri or pedrobonato.com slash book. It will be there and um, let me know what you think. And I think it's a great example that through art we can both connect and support each other and uh, bring some good value in the world. So, yeah. very excited to, to see this project. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, it's, uh, of course, Jana is featured in the book. And um, yeah, I think it'll be, it's, it's one of the projects that uh, we're working on. I'm very glad that this one is actually going to see the light of day literally tomorrow and then uh, there are a few other things that were in the works including on my end there will be some um, the photos that are in the book will be available for as um, uh, fine art limited edition prints and again all the proceedings will go all the profits will go to helping uh, causes in, uh, in Ukraine on those pages that I mentioned on my website you'll be able to see as we get 
uh, funds from the book, uh, where they're going, like which, which institution, which person. Like, so I think it will be an ongoing uh, thing. And uh, in a way, I think that's one good way for us to also sum up this idea that in our case, uh, as we are, there is this before and after the war that I think it changed the, the way, and it's still changing the way that we see our work, the importance of it, and also the importance of keeping like sometimes even focusing on the practical things like of having like things that are pragmatically existing in the world and not just in the in the realm of ideas and how important it is to to do that and uh, i know that it's something that is affecting a lot of artists so if you found this uh, conversation useful maybe share it with your um artist friends or people that i think it goes beyond art any kind of craft any kind of uh, work that people do that it's not like first responders i don't know like firefighters um like it's very difficult to measure the importance of our work but it's uh, as we strengthen community it seems that it's uh, we can see how important our work is not only in times of peace but also in times uh, of war well i guess on this note we want to wish you been safe and healthy and also been uh, trying to find inspiration to create things and put them out in the world and find your own way and um, not calling but your own uh, reasoning for putting things out no matter what it is either just selfish you want or you find a way to help someone through these uh, causes but we hope that this small conversation may inspire someone to do and act and also remember that you never know who you may expire afterwards so this note we'll see you next time <laughs>